Well, how cool is that? What a great time to worship the Lord together. Weren't those kids great? You know, I love that. And they, and they sing a song about heaven, which on purpose teaches children that heaven is exciting, not what I thought when I was a kid. You know, I grew up in a very careful, quiet church. And, well, actually, Andre Crouch years ago gave me a name for it, the Church of the Frigid Air. And, uh, and uh, he talked about how, you know, everything's quiet and subdued and how as a child you think that's what heaven's going to be like, right? You get dressed up and you don't do anything. And, and chubby little naked babies play harps and you're like, I don't want that, friends. I, <laughs> I don't want that at all, let alone forever and ever, right? And then you hear the kids' song. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of food and lots and lots of rooms, and you'd even play football. And why we would say that on a day after yesterday, I can't even, I can't even imagine that. And of course, all the Spartans that wore your green just to rub it in, that's, that is hardly Christian. That's what I have to say. Anyway, all right, all right. So there were sermon notes on here, and they're not here anymore. Did somebody take them? Is this a trick? No, it's not. Okay, I think we should pray. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that you're here with us today, and we pray that by your word, you would speak into our hearts and teach us the hope that is amazing in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hope. I hope so. I hope things work out. I hope it's okay. I, I hope someday when I die, I'll go to heaven. That is not Christian hope. Christian hope is a sure and certain hope. A hope that the sermon shows up just in time. <laughs> All right. Amen. God answers prayer. Uh, Someone has said you can live 40 days without food, eight days without water, four minutes without air, but only a few seconds without hope. That was illustrated uh, in 2010 when the world was transfixed in front of our TVs as 33 miners in Chile were trapped underground for 60 plus days. And we didn't know what would happen. And their families gathered and prayed. And eventually a hole was drilled into where they were and we found out they were alive. We found out later that not only did they put some food and water down through that hole, but one of the families was very committed Christians and they put scripture verses down through that Whole. And as the, as the news came out and we began to, you know, just think about what that would be like to be trapped in that confining space for that period of time, one of the things that was frequently said was that the most important thing is they don't lose hope. Even if we can keep them physically alive, if they give up, it's over. And it was so exciting to watch. I'm sure many of you watched as I did as they came up one at a time. And man after man, family after family gave praise to God, right? They would talk about God was our hope. We prayed together. They talked about the one guy who they called the chaplain, the preacher, 
And he was the one who led them in prayer and kept their hope alive. We, in Christ, are the hope of the world. Christ is the hope of the world, and we, his people, shine that light, shine that hope into our world. And the Christian hope is not only that one day when this life is over, we'll have an eternal life with him. I love that. The hope of heaven. But the Christian hope is also for here and now. It is also the hope that people like us can change. That our rough edges can be rubbed off by the power of the Holy Spirit. That our weaknesses and our fears and our failures can be forgiven and we can be transformed. I have hope. How about you? Um, On Facebook this week, I was very excited about the subject of heaven and I put several posts on there. And one got a response from a guy in Georgia who said, I don't like this. I don't like people talking about heaven because it means that if you get all excited about that, you lose sight of this world and you become an uncaring person. You don't care about your neighbors and you don't care about the environment or any of anything here in this world. All you care about is the next. And I wrote him back and I said, you're right. But you don't have to be. It's true for some people. It's true that for some they get you know, so fixated on heaven that they forget about heaven on earth. But it shouldn't be that way. The hope that we have in Jesus Christ is hope for today and for tomorrow. It's hope for the here and the hereafter. And my hope for here is that people who need the transforming grace of Jesus, who are imperfect people, that would be all of us, right? Right? Including the person whose phone just rang over there. Including that, okay? No, that's, I love you anyway. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the first service, somebody actually answered the phone and had a conversation right up here. It was a beautiful thing. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, human people, fallen people, broken people can be changed by the grace of God. Every once in a while, I'm around church folks and they'll say, well, you know, they're, they're kind of grumpy and difficult, you know, but that's just them. And, you know, I, I go like time out. We don't get that pass as Christians. It isn't, we're no longer just us. We are becoming like Jesus. So there shouldn't be sort of this excuse that, well, that's just the way they are, you know. No, it isn't just the way I am. I am changing always to become the person Christ wants me to be. And yeah, along the road, (laughs) there's, you know, bumps and bruises and failures and struggles. But I don't just give up and give in. I have hope that I can become more like Christ, that you can become more like Christ. And I love what it says in Romans chapter 15 about that. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that. Overflow with hope. Hope for me, my life, and hope to splash over on my family, on my friends, at work, in my apartment, in my classroom. That, that I should be a person who not only has hope, for my life, but brings hope to other people's 
lives. Not like the guy who said, you know, if you think too much about heaven, you no longer care much about this world. No, because I am a, I'm a citizen of heaven, because I have purpose and destiny that comes through faith in Jesus Christ, I want to be salt and light in this world. I want to be part of the solution. I want to, I want to bring God's goodness to my world. So my prayer is that Davison Free Methodist Church will increasingly bring hope in our community. Wouldn't that be good? We have leaders in our church who are connected to the local school board. We had a meeting not too long ago and they said, you know, you'd be, you would be very surprised at the number of kids who don't have decent meals, you know, who are in very difficult living situations. And as a church, we're trying to bring hope. I love watching every month when we do our food pantry and the people work very, very hard to support those 75 family units that come. And we're making a difference. We are bringing hope into those lives. Hope, hope is real. Hope is tangible. Hope is not just a vague wish. Hope is the possibility of something better. That's what these um, boxes at Christmas are all about. Again, this week, one of my friends from uh, Saskatoon, Canada, where I used to pastor, we were back and forth uh, online about these boxes. And I asked, you know, what do you put in those boxes? You've done it more years than I have. And she was describing what she did, and then she said one year she got to go and be there when the kids opened the boxes. And she said, you can, you can believe how much every single thing in each box meant. You know, a few toys, a few personal hygiene items. She said even the box itself was like a treasure. So I don't know about you, but I want to bring hope to people who need it. And that's just one simple way to do it. And as we as a church sort of rise up and embrace the call of God to be beacons of hope and agents of hope, we're making a difference, friends. And God has continued to make a difference in us and through us. Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul describes the hope of heaven. And we have hope to grow and change and become like Christ. But he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to live in the body, this will, be more, this will mean fruitful labor for you. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. Would you read the rest out loud with me? I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Boy, there's, there's the two things we're talking about right there. Why is it necessary to remain in the body? Because he's going to teach and disciple Christ followers. He's going to build up the church, and his prayer is that through the church, the, the hope of the world will change the world. And that's happened, hasn't it? I mean, we are sitting here today because of the teaching of the Apostle Paul and the gospel of Jesus Christ. His hope has come true and is coming true in us and through us. But, he said, as good as that is, I'm, personally, I'd just as soon go. No, personally, I think heaven is going to be far better. That's a very interesting phrase. I mean, when I think about heaven, it, it's hard to get my head around that. How about you? 
You got to have it all figured out. You know, I talked about sort of the childlike images of what heaven might be like. The Bible uses very descriptive language to describe heaven. This is my favorite description. It's far better. So like, what's the best thing that's ever happened? Well, if you're a Spartan fan, some of it happened yesterday, right? They beat down (laughs) the conquering heroes, as we like to say, the victors of the West. And uh, that was a good moment. Aren't you glad God gave us the kind of fun we can have through sports? But it's not that important, is it? Nah. How about anybody here like food? Aren't you glad God didn't make it all taste the same? Anybody here want to thank God for cinnamon? How about coffee? Oh, woo! All right. I mean, God's creative genius, His imagination, you know, He's lavished it upon us. I think about all the good stuff in this world. I made a list of some of my favorite things to remember that heaven is far better. Heaven is far better than a summer filled with Traverse City sunsets. That was for you, Tom. All right. Heaven is far better than dinner for eight at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Heaven is far better than a lifetime supply of Haagen-Dazs limited edition salted caramel truffle ice cream. Heaven is far better than cruising north along M119 tunnel of trees in a new Cadillac ATS 3.6 with the windows down and the Bose system cranked to the top. It's even better than that, okay? Heaven is better from the, than the sunrise from the top of Maui's Mount Haleakala. I've been there twice. It's breathtaking. Heaven is far better. Heaven is better than a weekend stay at the presidential suite of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island. Heaven is far better, far, far better. I'm so glad that God has in this world given us a taste of heaven, but it's only a glimpse. We take all the things we love the most, as uh, Susan said with our children, all the most exciting places you've ever been, the most fun you've ever had, and heaven is far, far better. C.S. Lewis was known for taking complex spiritual ideas and trying to put them in words that people could wrap their minds around. It wasn't just his theology, it was his uh, creativity in expressing it, communicating it. So he wrote this, We have an inner desire for our own far-off country, which we find in ourselves even now. It's hard to talk about. It It is a desire for something we've never actually experienced yet, but we feel hints of it. Our experience is constantly suggesting it. And when we hear it, we betray ourselves like lovers do at the mention of a name. It has to do with how we respond to deep beauty, to wonderfully written books or soul-stirring music. We think that the beauty is somehow in the books or in the music, but in reality, it's not. It only comes through them. And what comes through them is a soulish longing. These things, the beauty, the nostalgia of great memories, 
point us to what we really desire. These earthly grace notes are only the scent of a flower we haven't found yet. The echo of a tune we haven't heard yet. News from a far country we haven't visited yet. He went on to say, So if I find in myself a desire, a longing, which no experience in this world can fully satisfy, the most logical conclusion is, I was made for another world. You were made for another world. You were made for a better world. And all those soul-stirring moments you've ever had are hints of glory. And today, I just want to remind us all that that is possible only through faith in Jesus Christ. He is the doorway to God's glory. He is the hope of the world. In Christ, we find forgiveness and grace by trusting in Him and receiving the gift of eternal life. Our hearts are changed. We're pointed in a new direction. We don't want to just be the same old, same old. We don't want to be who we usually are in our worst moments. We want to become who Christ can make us in our best moments. That's what I want. And then I want that in Christ, I make a difference in this world. I bring hope to this world. And then I get the ultimate hope of living with him forever. A song I haven't heard yet. A place I long for but haven't been yet. It's the longing of the heart for heaven. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that God has put eternity in our hearts. Eternity in our hearts. There's something more. We're longing for something more. It's our true home. Our second youngest grandchild, Caden, Have I mentioned I have grandkids? Uh, He he was visiting along with his mom and his little sister, who's only a few months old, and his dad, Jared, our son-in-law, they live in Grand Rapids, and Jared went to a teacher's conference in Indianapolis a week or so ago for a few days, and so Angela and the two kids came to stay with us. Caden is old enough, we got to play, and we pulled out this old game with this kind of half-broken from when our kids were small, Mr. Mouth. It has these little things you flip, little butterflies, and it goes around, and you try and get it in. When you... Anyway, it was fun. And Kate and I are playing on the floor, and, and Grandma's played it, and Papa's played it, and we're on the last day, their, their third day. He's about to go home, and I don't know. We, we deliberately didn't talk about it because we didn't want to, you know, touch a tender spot, but Daddy wasn't there. And as fun as Papa's house is, it's not home. And so, in the middle of the morning, the last day, bless you. <laughs> the middle of the morning, the last day, Caden gets up in the middle of the game and walks over by the window and points and says, go home. And you know, I, I, knew, I knew what he meant. He, he missed home, right? He had a longing for home. Every once in a while, I... I get that longing too. One of the reasons heaven is on my mind is because 
uh, dear friends of ours from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, who were part of that church. And we followed their, them and their kids and grandkids. They're about our age. He's a medical doctor. They've been living in Portland, Oregon. And uh, he just retired. And so they went on a big summer trip. And just like the first or second day out on the trip, his wife didn't feel well and went for a medical report. And it was pancreatic cancer. And uh, of course, they knew. She went home this week. And um, you think about heaven. Um, my dad, my, my biological father, died suddenly on the living room couch watching TV on a Tuesday night. I was eight years old. And he made a funny noise and we turned around and basically he was gone. So my mom remarried and she married my dad's younger brother. Kept it all in the family, right? That's kind of a biblical thing. And so Uncle Sherman became my stepdad and has been for many years. And on Christmas Day of 09, he woke up. He shared a room in a nursing home, an assisted care home, one of the few that had adjoining rooms with my mom. And uh, he told the nurse, he said, I, I think I'm dying. And she went and got my mom and he said goodbye. And she said goodbye. He went home. And uh, so the next day, my mom was not well at all. We kind of expected her to to go. They were both in their mid-90s. My older brother went to see mom because he wanted her to be clear that dad was gone. And so he reviewed with her that, you know, yesterday Sherman died. And she said, yes, I know. And then she kind of sat up and she said, I can see it. I can see the wall. I can see the houses. It's true. It's true. And that little glimpse of heaven that God gave my mom came true for her two days later when she went to be with the Lord. And we've often said it wasn't just for her, it was for us. It's for all of us that in those moments really wonder. It's true. It's true. We were made for a better place. And as long as God gives us breath, we bring the reality of eternal life into this life. Eternal life begins the moment you give your heart and mind to Jesus Christ. Your life already is transformed by the grace of God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, so that you are now an Easter person. The resurrection power, the Bible says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will raise you also in the last day. Which means that one day, everyone that we know that is a follower of Jesus Christ will live with him in a perfect place, will have perfect bodies, perfect minds, Anybody know anyone that's been confined to a wheelchair? I was thinking about Jackie in first service. No, no more wheelchair for her, right? Right? Anybody have a hard time hearing? <laughs> You'll be able to hear in heaven perfectly, right? Have a hard time seeing, have any physical limitations? 
There will be no sorrow, no sadness. The Lord will wipe every tear from our eye. I love that. And I want that. Not just for me. Not just for us. But for every person God places in our path. God, fill me with hope. The hope that comes from knowing Jesus, having my sins forgiven, having a new life. God, fill our church with hope. Hope for Davison, hope for Genesee County. Hope for families that need food next week or next month. Hope for for kids that need a happy, joyful Christmas season because there's a church somewhere that cares. Hope for kids in another country who open up a shoebox and it changes their day, their week, maybe even their whole year. So God, as we humble ourselves before you today, if there's anybody here, you know our hearts. Anybody who needs forgiveness today in a special way. We, we hope, we sort of wish we knew you better. But we can have a sure and certain confidence. And that confidence is one prayer away. It's this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me all of my sins, the ones I remember and the ones I don't. Come and live in me right now and make me new. Give me eternal life and abundant life, a new life. I receive it as I receive you. God, I know you answered that prayer for every heart that meant it. And now for the rest of us, all of us, renew our faith, restore our joy, refresh our hope, because Jesus Christ is indeed the hope of the world and we ought to live like it. (laughs) We ought to love like it. We ought to give like it. We ought to serve like it. So as hope fills our lives and fills this place, may the scripture come true. May hope overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit through Davison Free Methodist Church. In Jesus' name, amen. So 33 families stood around the top of that mine shaft and they prayed and they waited and they called that place Campo Esperanza, Camp Hope. And that's where I want to live, you know. I want to live at the top of the source of hope. 
And it's my prayer that that will be true in me and in you and in all of us. Camp Hope. That's where we live. We're going to receive our morning offering. Today, now is a good chance to use the card that's in your program. Uh, If you'd like to be part of the welcome team, if you'd like to have us pray with you or for you, please include your offering card along with any gift you have as we receive our offering.